you have your Bibles for just a few moments, I want to take you to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And I am going to read one uh, verse of Scripture. Verse 23, 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 23. We're picking up in the middle of a conversation Paul having with the church at Corinth concerning some of the issues that were going on in that troubled church and it was indeed a troubled place. There were division, there was confusion, there was adultery and immorality and uh, on top of all of that they were not observing certain things in the church as they ought to and so he is setting those things in order and we pick up in the middle of one of these Uh, dissertations concerning the Lord's Supper. And I want to read verse 23, and uh, it reads like this. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you. I was told this. Nobody else, no other disciple, this was a revelation that God gave to me. What a revelation. That the Lord Jesus... The same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And he gave thanks and he broke it and take and said, Take eat, this is my body which is broken for you, that this do in remembrance of me, and after the same manner also he took the cup which had when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do you as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. Going back to verse number 23, I have been drawn to Paul's revelation of what he saw, that the Lord Jesus Christ, I want you to underline these words, the same night in which he was betrayed. Everybody said amen. I want to talk to you for a little while this morning about betrayal. Betrayal. Everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. There is no doubt that you have heard these words many times before. If you have been around a church of any kind, not just Pentecostal, but any kind of church, you have heard these words read and referenced on many occasions, most often at the time of communion. They are embedded in the ritual of one of the most sacred acts of our Christian worship, and that is the Lord's Supper. And it is a beautiful time of remembrance. It is a wonderful time for people to get their life in alignment with God again. That is part of the purpose of the Lord's Supper. He does not tell us how often to do it. He just simply said, as oft as you do it, do it in remembrance of this. But how many of us, when we read this text, read with the emphasis that Paul placed on these words? 
There are a lot of portraits of Christ that are worthy of note in Scripture. I love preaching about the healing of the blind and the casting out of devils and the calming of the storm, but he is at his best on this night, this night. On a night when many things could have happened, it is important for us to see what did happen. On a night when treachery and failure were at epidemic, he came through in flying colors. When we look, the world was at its worst. Men were at their weakest. Hatred was surrounding him and cruelty was gathering against him. But how he responded in such an hour is critically important to you and I. Because it is in fact his response to this night that becomes an understanding to me of the secret of spiritual recovery. It is his response to the events of that night that are the key to the mastery of life in many different areas. Paul could have picked out many other incidents to have have highlighted that happened that night because there were many things that happened on that occasion. But he chose this night to reference. And he is not so much in our text fixing a date as he is in painting a picture. It is a picture that all of us need to keep in mind. I realize that Paul's purpose in bringing part of it was to point out to this Corinthian church the error of what the Lord's table had fallen into because of their pride, carnality, the sin, the immorality, the lack of brotherly love that was among them. The Lord's Supper had degenerated to just a feast and it had become very crude. But I do not want to focus on the communion table tonight so much as I want to focus on what Paul said Jesus did on that night the things that converged against him, the things that mounted one upon another that night are so significant. And how he responded and how he reacted to those things. Years of fellowship disintegrated into treachery. A partnership that he had formed and forged with these men began to dissolve into pettiness and friendships that had been forged on the fires of close communion were lost in the face of filthy lucre and their own human weaknesses. And Paul said that it was in that night in which he was betrayed Paul describes a night like no other night. A night when men he should have counted on and trusted turned their back upon him. A night when those that he should have been able to rely on, they began to fall apart and before the night was over, all of them would forsake him and flee. 
And the scripture, Paul describes it as a night of betrayal. That word hangs in my throat when I speak it. Because there is nothing more difficult to deal with in life than betrayal. When somebody that you have trusted and someone that you have put your hope in and your confidence in, they do something to uh, tarnish that or they turn and walk away from you. And I have been drawn to this passage lately because of the terrible effect that betrayal can have upon us. What it does to our spirit and what it does to our life, our mind, our attitude, it is so telling. And who among us has not been betrayed in life at some time? Someone has turned their back on us. It can happen in many places. It's happened on the job. There are men and women who sit here today that have given themselves to uh, labor and to a job only to have them cut you or terminate you unduly or unjustly. There are people sitting here today that have had friends and close acquaintances that have turned and walked away from them without explanation, without any understanding, without any reason. There are some of you sitting here this morning that are dealing with the treachery of betrayal in your own family. People that you counted on and people that you trusted. People that you supported yourself and that at one time supported you have turned their back upon you. Those that you put your trust in and yet the trust is turned to treachery. Those who fail to appreciate what you have given them and what you have done in their life. Betrayal is a horrible thing to deal with. And betrayal is a difficult thing to master. When somebody hurts us, when somebody uh, turns their back on us, one of the most difficult things to do as a human being is to learn how to navigate those troubled waters and not allow your life to become embittered by the moment. When one has been betrayed, there are many feelings that can converge on the soul. But Jesus taught us how to handle such hours. And I, I pray that God would speak to us here this morning. Because it was in that tense air of betrayal, in that agony of having men turn on him, on that night, the Bible said, Paul designates, the same night, not a week, not a month, not a year, but that night, in the midst of that betrayal, Jesus did something so significant that it actually changed the course of our life. What could have happened and what did happen are worlds apart. And Jesus did something for all the world to take note of. Notice how Paul says Jesus dealt with it. He illustrates for us how we too can deal with betrayal, disloyalty, unfaithfulness, unjustness, treachery, duplicity. Whatever you want to call it, Jesus 
teaches me how to deal with betrayal. Paul did more for us than just state a fact. He gave us a principle for life here. He is sending a message to Greater Life Church in 2014 on how to deal with trouble. On the wonder of that night, my mind has been captured. He did something so significant that even to this day we celebrate it. We call it the Lord's Supper, but it's more than just the Lord's Supper. It was a conquering of a spirit that could have destroyed, that could have torn down, that could have eliminated his very purpose for coming. But he gave us something worth remembering on that night because of how he responded to betrayal. Amen. Everybody say betrayal. Betrayal. What he did is the at, in the atmosphere of rejection is truly amazing to me. You see, if he had been ringed with perfect loyalty and he had been ringed with perfect peace, we could understand more readily his response. But what is amazing is what he did at this table with a traitor sitting beside him. Amen. Are you still with me? A traitor is at his table. He hasn't left yet. <clears throat> He's still there. In a few moments, he's going to walk out of that room and things will never be the same. But as of this moment, he's still here lingering. And it was in such a bitter hour that he gave us so much more than a ritual to observe. He gave us a principle to live by. How to deal with betrayal. And when I began to look at this a few weeks ago, the Lord began to talk to me. Because I know that there are people here today that are struggling with betrayal of some sort in your life. And what I noticed and what the Lord seemed to speak so clearly to me and yet so simply was that in the midst of this betrayal, in the midst of this night, he never lost his composure. Hmm. Now, that may not sound like much to you, but I want to tell you, if you've ever been in the midst of betrayal, your composure is usually the last thing you have control of. When somebody turns their back on you more than that, when somebody stabs you in the back that you poured your life into and you've loved and you've given and they do that to you, it's not composure that you want to talk about. But what amazes me is that in that same night in which he was betrayed, he didn't lose his head. He didn't fly off the handle. He didn't use a few choice words that he had reserved from his carnal days. Yeah. It's amazing how many Christian people can pull out those four-letter words that's supposed to be under the blood and forgotten, but in a moment of treachery, it's amazing how that kind of stuff... But in this night of betrayal, he never lost his composure. He didn't lose his head. He never let the fever of that moment escalate into anger against the person who was turning against him. What an amazing thing. He kept his composure. You know, it would do all of us good if we could get a better grip on our composure. 
Amen. It's like the old song, you got to know when to fold them and you got to know when to hold them. And you can't let your poker face show. There's some things about life that's better off if you keep it inside. Amen. I'm going to preach a little while right now. Facebook is not the place for you to go discuss all your problems in life. I'm a little behind the time, but Instagram isn't either. Or pictogram or whatever else they come out with. I know people that tell me they're not on Facebook anymore, but they're on Instagram. That's even worse. But anyway, there's something called sackcloth within. There are some things about your life you need to keep inside. You don't need to air your dirty laundry. It doesn't matter how you feel. It doesn't matter what you think. You need to keep that stuff inside. When you step out, everybody ought to look at you and say, that's a whole man, that's a whole woman, not somebody that's dysfunctional or tore apart by trouble. And that's the secret of dealing with betrayal is learning how to keep your composure. Because what I have noticed about betrayal is that if you're not careful, if you lose your composure, you become just like the person that betrayed you. And that's what Jesus refused to do. He refused to let Judas become Jesus. He refused to let Judas' spirit become Jesus' spirit. He kept his composure. The second thing that I noted is in that night, he refused to get lost in that night. And that may not seem like much to you, but I have pastored and dealt with people long enough to know this one thing, there are many people that are still fighting the same battles they've been fighting for 10, 15, 20 years because they are lost somewhere in a night that they've never been able to get over or get past or let go of or leave behind them. And ever so often that past night reaches up and gets them and drags them back into its hole. But Jesus refused to get lost in the night. He refused to get locked in a time when people were mean or rude. Many people are locked in their past. Many people are locked into a night. Many people are lost in a night, in a time. Somebody cheated them. Somebody lied to them. Somebody did this. Somebody did that. And they're lost in that hour. They're lost in that night. And when you talk to them, it's not long before they start making a trek back. Events that scarred them that they've never been able to get beyond. Betrayals that hurt them. And yet the Lord in that same night refused to get lost in that night. What an amazing thing. Lost is what someone, lost in what somebody did to them ten years ago. 20 years ago. You know, there's people that hold things in their heart against people for years. And you've changed. How many of you agree that you've changed? But you've got them locked in a time past where they've never changed. And the truth is, just like you have changed, they've changed too. 
But when you get locked in the past, you never can release that to be a reality. It is what it is, but the truth is some people get lost in what happened to them or what somebody did to them, and they've never been able to get past that. And Jesus refused to get lost in what somebody did to him. Are you with me? I'm talking about betrayal. He did not allow it to deter him or stop him. Though none go with me, still I will follow. To suggest that he had failed would have been easy. He looked away to a better day. He looked beyond the moment to that which was to come. He refused to let what someone did to him stop him. Amen. I wonder how many people today, not just in this building, but how many people in life are stopped in life. If you were to have met them 10 years ago and you see them today, they may be older, their hair grayer, teeth out, all of those other things, but as far as who they are as a person, you hadn't changed one iota from 10 years ago because they let something that someone did to them stop them. Amen. Jesus refused to be stopped. If none go with me, still I will follow. Still I will go. This is not the end of my life. And if they walk away, that's their choice. But I'm still going on. Amen. I'm not stopping in a night I'm not stopping in this moment. I'm not letting this hour define my destiny. I'm not letting betrayal become the birthmark of my life. There's something beyond this. There's something better than this. And God with his strength and his help is going to get me there if I will stay true to him. In the same night in which he was betrayed, Paul said he took bread. When I read that, I thought, oh God, how powerful that is. On the night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. You need to be careful what you put your hands on in times of betrayal. You need to be careful what you put your hands to in the time of betrayal. Because when betrayal sets in, Revenge comes knocking. And if you're not careful, it becomes an eye for an eye. A tooth for a tooth. And you know what? The only thing that you gain out of that is you are eyeless and toothless. You're not better. And why let something, I've I, I got to be careful because I, I get reprimanded. Why let something, well, Lord help me to say it right. Don't let stupid make you stupid. I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. He took bread. He took bread. 
not a man's head. Oh. He took bread, not a sword. You want to fight? Come on. It's on. You say, Brother Hughes, you're being fun. No, I'm not. I'm being real because that's exactly what happens. That's the, the emotions that we go through when people betray us, and that's how we want to react. But I love what the Bible said. Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, not a head. He took bread, not a sword. He took bread, not Facebook. He took bread, not to the Internet. He took bread, not to a phone. He took bread. He took bread. He took something worthwhile. He laid his hands on something that would last. Be careful what you take hold of in times of betrayal because what you take hold of will take hold of you. Be careful what you handle. Revenge could have been his response and bitterness could have been his reaction. But he took bread and he blessed it and he broke it and he gave. Amen. I love that. On the same night in which he was betrayed, he gave thanks. I'm going to tell you folks, you hear me, you remember anything else I tell you about this morning? The one thing that you're going to have to have in your arsenal and in your heart and in your mind at all times in a season of betrayal is a spirit of thanksgiving. Because in spite, as bad as it may be, things could be worse. And I have something yet to be thankful for. Amen. I have something yet to be thankful for. Praise God. Amen. He took bread and he gave thanks. On such a night of betrayal, there was no room for anything but gratitude. That you can hurt me, but you can't kill me. Amen. Amen. You can hurt me, but you can't stop me. You can hurt me, but you're not going to make me quit. You can hurt me, but I'm not going to be bitter. By so doing, he refused the twin sister of betrayal, which is bitterness. Mm. Mm. Your actions are not going to take my Holy Ghost from me. Uh, the way you treat me is not going to take my spirit. I, I still have something to thank God for. I still have something to look forward to. The brother of betrayal is hardness and meanness, but I refuse to give in to those either. I want to be thankful. Amen. Thankful for the trouble that couldn't have me. Oh. Ah, yes, thankful for the trouble that couldn't have me. Thankful for the trouble that couldn't keep me. Troubles want to make me bitter, but I cannot, I don't have time for bitterness. I don't have time. The devil is come, he said, and he has nothing in me. Amen. If you're going to get through a betrayal in life, you're going to have to learn how to develop the spirit of thanksgiving. Praise God. That's a, that's a wonderful quality, especially the month of, of, the, of November, it still is. Be thankful. What for? Well, you're still breathing, for one thing. Amen. Your heart's still beating, for another. You still have a little money in the bank. You still have a car to drive to come to church. You still have a spouse. You still have 
a home. You still have clothes on your back. You still have a little food in the pantry. You still have a future to look forward to. You still have something to lay hold of. I'm thankful for what I still have. And what I still have is God's hand on my life. And it doesn't matter what the, the, the betrayer does. It doesn't matter what the devil does. It doesn't matter what anybody else says. It doesn't matter what anybody else does. As long as I have God's hand on my life, I can make it through any kind of muddy water. I can make it through any kind of troubled time. As long as God's hand is on me, that's all that matters. And His hand will see me through. Amen. Somebody ought to lift your hands and thank Him right now that the hand of God is still on you today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. My God, my God, my God. Thankful, so thankful, thankful. I could have lost my mind, but I didn't. I, I, I could have done something crazy, but I didn't. I could have said something, but I bit my tongue. Some of us need to bite a hole in the tongue and tie it to our teeth so it doesn't. Mm, amen. Yes, it doesn't get the best of us in those times of weakness. Oh, God, help us today. Thankful. Thankful. Praise God. You still have something to be thankful for. Amen. You still have something to be thankful for. Oh, yes, you do. You still have something to be thankful for. Thankful. And he had a spirit of thanksgiving. And he gave thanks. He blessed. It's a wonderful thing when you can bless when others are blasting. Praise God. You can bless when others are blaspheming, when others are, are saying things that they, they... You know what I've learned about people? I've learned that people say things to me to get a reaction out of me. And I hate to use this term, but you know how to hair lip the devil? Just don't say it. You know how to make him mad? You know how to really put him in his corner... It just don't respond. I've made more people madder at me by not responding than if I'd said something. You know what? I'm not going to get mixed up in that fight. All it's going to do is get me dirty. I've got places to go. I've got things to do. I've got a purpose on my life. I can't be stopped in a night like I can't get lost in this night. I, I can't let what happened to me back then keep me from going where God's wanting me to go. I can't let what somebody did yesterday or the day before so mess my life up that I don't even know where I'm going anymore. Am I talking to anybody here this morning? Amen. The Bible said in that same night, after he had given thanks, he sang hymns. It's a wonderful thing when you can keep a song in troubled times. Amen. Don't let trouble silence your praise. Hallelujah. Don't let trouble silence your praise. You say, well, it's not the time to sing, Brother Hughes. Well, why isn't it? I'd rather sing than say some of the other things I feel like saying. Amen. I would rather sing and at least acknowledge God than to say something and give power to the enemy. Most historians say that he sang psalms, not one song. Some of us have a dirge that we sing. 
Ain't nobody got troubles like me. Ain't nobody got troubles like me. Move over, Louie. <laughs> Amen. But he sang hymns. According to historians, they sang Psalms 113 through 118. It would do all of you well to go home today and read those Psalms and see what he sang about. 113 through 118. He prepared for agony with praise. He prepared for Gethsemane with song. He thinks of mercy, not misery. What was on his mind was praise for victory and praise for peace and praise for joy that circumstances could not take away from him. All the things that trouble cannot take from you, it cannot take your praise if you will not let it. Amen. If your life is hurt and if you live, it's going to be hurt. If you've ever been let down, if you've ever been betrayed, if you've ever been treated wrongly, those closest to you will hurt you the most and they will hurt you the deepest. The Bible said this night would be remembered. Remembered. Everybody say remembered. Not that he was betrayed, but that he survived the betrayal. Our focus on the Lord's Supper is not betrayal. The Lord's Supper is a commemorative that he survived. The Lord's Supper is a celebration that he didn't quit, that he didn't stop, that he didn't get deterred. It is remembered that he conquered and he overcame. My question to you this morning, and I'm summing it up and bringing it to a close, what do you want to be remembered for on the worst night of your life? What do you want to be remembered for for the worst time of your life? That you quit? That you lost out? That you got bitter? That you gave up? That you turned back? That you became like them? Or would you rather be remembered that you got up and you went on? Amen. That you stayed the course. That you continued. You see, there are a lot of things that you and I can do in a time of betrayal. There are many attitudes that you and I can develop in such a time like that. But make sure that what lives in your life is worth living. And what is done is worth remembering. In the same night. Everybody say the same night. He didn't lose his composure. He didn't get lost in that night. He put his hands on the right thing. You know why I discovered when people betray me, the best bread I can lay my hands on is this right here. And I found that the more I have, have my hands on this bread, the less stress I have from those things that happened to me. Amen. He gave them better than, they re than he received, and so it is in life. He refused to let a moment define his destiny. I, I'm, I'm closing. I, I, there's a lot of other things that I might could say, but I need to, I need to close. I, what do you want defining your destiny? 
There's not a person here that hasn't been hurt, cheated, lied, had bad things said. People that you put confidence in, they, they turn on you. They're two-faced. They, they, they love you. And as soon as you turn, they stab you in the back. And you've been hurt by all of that. And there are people that are wrestling with those emotions and feelings. And some of that happened weeks ago or months or maybe years. Some of it maybe happened to yesterday or this morning. I don't know why I'm preaching like I am. I'm just here to tell somebody, what do you want defining your destiny? What do you want this night to tell about you? What do you want this time to say of you? That they gave up? That they threw in the towel? That they just went away and nobody's heard from them anymore? Or do you want this to be a night of remembrance? That on a night when a lot of things could have happened, this is what happened. I got up and I went on. I got up and I went forward. I got up and I turned my eyes to the future and said, you know what? I can't undo the past but I still have something to look forward to in the future. And so I am pinning my hopes on my future, not my past. Amen. And he went on. Everybody say he went on. Amen. What do you want defining your destiny? Hardness? Meanness? Bitterness? I've seen people live out their life bitter to the very last day. I had a man... Tell me not long ago, he didn't want me praying for him. He, he didn't want me praying for him. He, he didn't want deliverance from any of that. He wanted to be left alone. What a horrible way to die. Folks, I'm going to tell you what. There's too much to life to be hung up in that. He didn't grow hardened by the betrayal. He survived betrayal because of the way he acted in such an hour. You have a choice just as he did. Amen. I love the survivor. I love the man or the woman who is knocked down in life but gets back up. They get their wits about them and they say, you know what? I can do a lot of things, but the best thing would be to go on. Amen. Let's rise and go on. Let's stand together right now. Amen. Praise God. Betrayal. How difficult it is for us to navigate those waters that, that are troubled so often in our life. But folks, hear me. If I've ever needed to deliver a message to anybody, I need to deliver this to you today. Come on, get out of that night. Let something release you from that moment today. Let it go. Amen. Let go of it. Praise God. Let that person go.